You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast is the latest hit on the We Are Libertarians Network. Each week, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis explore life in Henry County, Indiana. It's a show about our circle of friends, public officials, and our experiences. 80% observation, life, humor, and 20% politics. Boss Hog of Liberty is the day-to-day happenings of Henry County, Indiana, which is just like your community. Add us on iTunes and sample us today. Dear Leader would want you to. Hey there, Liberty lovers. This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton. And if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow Podcast, striking the root every single episode. Hey, Liberty Rockers, this is Johnny Rocket from the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Each week, I strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, economists, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check it out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com or find us on iTunes. Each show is action-packed, explicit, and a lot of fun. So join me at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com every week for the newest episode. Keep liberty alive and rock and roll. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. We bring you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves while putting people before political parties. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective with the goal of leaving you better informed. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Don't like us on Facebook. Join our email newsletter. Uh, and subscribe on Patreon at WeAreLibertarians.com. In exchange for supporting our program, we give you all kinds of bonus content and free stuff. One uh, person wrote in and said, Do you think that you giving me more things to listen to is really going to get me into the program? Uh, yes. And she's like, I can't keep up as it is. Listen, I'm a one-man content machine. I can't stop. can't stop. Got to keep going. Got to keep pushing this out there. You need it more now than ever before, and I need your support. And that is what the Patreon is really about, you supporting independent media. And this whole show will be about how much you need to support independent media. Uh, But if you give us one, well, if you give us five, ten, twenty-five, a hundred dollars a month as a subscriber, we give you some cool stuff. Go check out the rewards at patreon.com slash weirdlibertarians.com. And this show is crowdsourced, so you can send us news with the hashtag WALnews or in our Facebook group and Discord channel. We are always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. Please be warned that this show is raw, unedited, and authentic, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. 
My name is Chris Spangle. I am the host and dear leader of We Are Libertarians. And joining me for the first time in a couple weeks is Harry Price. Harry, how are you? I'm going great. I have been missed sitting in this chair, sitting behind this microphone. It's always funny when when, uh, we've had a break and we haven't seen each other for a couple weeks. Harry comes back so chatty. And he reminds me so much of uh, my sister, who's a stay-at-home mom, spends all day with a two- and a four-year-old, and I go over there to hang out with my nieces, and Jessica talks a lot. And I totally get it, because especially when Lorelai was a baby and Lorelai couldn't talk, Mm -hmm. that's when Jessica talked the most, because she was like, I need human interaction. So, like, being a a stay-at-home parent is way harder than I think people realize yeah, uh, and so you you showed up here. You showed up, what an hour early, almost. Yeah, yeah an hour. Yeah, and you are ready to chat, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been because I've been I've been at home sick. I haven't been going out. So usually I go out to least Liberty and chill, or go out and see people. But I'm a, I'm a respectable person, unlike some of you people that do, you know go whoa, out whoa, and get sick. Whoa, whoa. You know, you know you who you people. are. Yeah, you people. You know who you are. <laughs> go out. Sick and cough on things. Right, oh, I just got a fever. I'm just 103. I'm just gonna go to the bar. No, stay at home. Drink Nyquil like a normal person. Stay at home. Put yourself in a self-induced coma like I do. That's a vodka plus Nyquil. Christy yeah. Avery is glaring at Rick in the chat. Why? Why is that? Did Rick show up to a Liberty and chill sick? Possibly. Oh, yeah, possibly. see, yeah. Nobody needs you to be a hero. Yeah. Stay at home. Not, I'm not talking to Rick. I'm talking to anybody who's sick. Don't go to work sick. We we don't need you. Right. You're not that important at your job. Yeah, no one's that important. Right. Unless you're Michael Jordan. Then you can show up with the flu. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump, take take a week or year off. Like, it's fine. If you're sick, just stay at home. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about this week. I... Uh, I'm cranky today. Uh, it, full disclosure, I have been... I've taken SSRIs for about 17 years, and I'm transitioning off of them. So if I seem extra cranky lately, that's why. <laughs> and today's going to be no exception, because I am I am raging at liberals, I am raging at boomers, and I've got a lot to say, and you people are going to hear about it. Uh-oh. Uh... But I, you know, I have, this is the first Tuesday show in a while. I'm almost out of practice. Uh, we've, we've not really done our typical news dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been like a, almost a month since we've really done a news dump show. So I was out of practice and I sat down this morning and I was like, you know what? I want some suggestions. I, I, I haven't really followed the news. It's been kind of nice to take a little break and not read two hours of news every day. I wonder what, wonder what the audience wants to hear about. <laughs> And uh, if you if you didn't hear it in the last episode, we are libertarians. We're trying to build community. Uh, we are trying to help you gain more friends. We know you're an introvert. You're a libertarian, and you need friends. And we have devised a, a set of Facebook groups for you to join in. We'd love for you to join them. Just go to the search tab and type in WAL. Most of them will come up. You can join... Uh, or go to our Facebook page and click the Groups tab, and you'll see all the different ones there. But if you join the main group, then you kind of get the, the vibe there. Uh, but So in the main group, I, I put up a poll. I love the poll feature. I, I'm always any. Here's what you need to understand, We Are Libertarians Facebook group. The We Are Libertarians Ministry of Friendship and News. I, I think it's News. Uh, it's got a North Korean title. That's the main group. It's 1,400 people in there. When I ask a poll question group, 
I'm serious. I want actual answers because there's a reason I'm asking the question. It's the Ministry of Propaganda and Friendship. Thank you. I never get a serious answer. Nobody ever gives me serious answers. Why do people not take me seriously, Harry? Uh, some of these are very serious okay. and hard-hitting questions that need to be answered. Um, so here, the other time is just people's opinions and um, that people really want to feel. You know? I, I created my own misery by attracting a, a group of shit posters as an audience, and I love it. But it, these made me laugh. Uh, so the the topic suggestions for tonight. <coughs> According to our Facebook group, here's what they'd like us to discuss. Dead serious question. Dead serious. Anime girls with guns will make liberty great again. You like the Asian cartoons. Yep. Uh, the pending uprising of the South in which society will inevitably change where liberals are thrown into gulags and a harmonious society is produced. I'm at, that's actually kind of the theme for tonight, uh, <laughs> uh, so we're kind of doing that. Uh, Gen Z, going to talk to a couple Gen Zers. It's funny, I did a, there's the Chris Spangle show out there, and uh, a lot of stuff about creation and, and creating things, and one of the podcasts that is in there is a, a Q&A session with two high school kids who are starting their own podcasts, and uh, the girls, Sarah and Courtney, they said, can we come on? We are libertarians, and I said, I, I said jokingly, no. Hit me up when you're 18, and then you can come on. Otherwise, it's it's probably not legal. And mm -hmm. I said it joking, yeah, uh, sort of joking, because like mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't need 17 year old high school girls. I I need to. I don't want anything to do with you. you what do you have to add to society in the first place? Then you look at Logan Paul's uh, analytics. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so Sarah hit me up on Twitter yesterday. She said, Courtney and I are 18 as of tomorrow. Can we come on the podcast? So, I, And uh, Sarah actually has a, a couple really cool podcasts. So I may have them on and explain Gen Z to us, to us old people. Uh, so that's, that's a valid topic. Uh, Matt Geiger suggested that. Very smart young man, uh, editor of 71 Republic. Go check that out. Make bombs illegal in Austin. I I agree with this. I think bombs should be illegal in Austin. There should be no bombings in Texas anymore. Uh, yes, I don't want any 17-year-old high school girls, Rick, because I don't want to attract more Arvins to the party. <laughs> See, the best thing about being a $10 a month subscriber to We Are Libertarians is you get access to the chat during the live show. Mm -hmm. Some of these people are really funny. All right, interstate secession, so tearing states apart. I'm a fan. I, I honestly am at the point where we just give California and New York or just California and, like, Arizona, California, Oregon, and Washington, and then we just laser saw that off and push it off into the ocean and say, don't come back, and in 10 years when you're all starving, don't, don't ask for uh, immigration. Why the Free State Project needs an Indian guru with hypnotic powers to be successful? I was not fair. aware that's what they need. It's fair. Um, there's no um, spice up in the in the great white north of uh, New Hampshire. That's right. Not not a curry to be found. Curry or a spicy food. I went to a uh, the uh, Mexican restaurant in Keene, and like the salsa tasted like marinara sauce. <laughs> I was like, oh, what what is this? I look back in the yeah, kitchen to the you know the Hispanics walking there. It's like composon. Hook me up. Like, Come on, I got this. <laughs> I will be I will be attending Pork Fest. And I will be attending the National Libertarian Convention. I've been able to make those plans, so it'll I'll be see spicy that. for you. 
It'd be very spicy. Uh, mayonnaise is spicy. All right, why do we drive in a parkway but park in a driveway? What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> is Cheeto a chip? Cheeto is absolutely a chip. There is no doubt no, in my mind. No, yes, Cheeto is a chip. No, it's Stop not. Being it is silly. not a chip. It is absolutely it is a chip. No, and it's, a, yes. it's more of a puff. No, it's it, a crisp puff. It is but it's a, not chip. a chip. It's a chip. Is, is pork rinds a chip then? No, pork yes. rind is not a chip. Yes. Then why do you think they're called potato chips? It's different because potato, you can have they're, they're corn chip. chips. Chips. Pork rinds aren't chips. It is a so cheese puffs aren't chips. No, it is a portable delivery device. You put it your hand in a bag. You put your fat hand in a bag and you pull out a chip and you eat it. No, nope. absolutely a chip. No, you're being ridiculous. So is is non bread chip because that's a delivery de- device for hummus. Uh no, that's that's uh torti- oh, tortilla. Oh, what what tortilla oh chips. oh so oh oh so it's different. Dude, no. It's different. So non bread. This is please. I could really go. <laughs> I want you to tweet at us at We Are Libertarians. We are the letter R Libertarians. Let us know if Cheetos a chip. Um, how to purge our party of everyone we don't like. Basically, that's every episode of We Are Libertarians. Uh, one that did make the, the, the list that we will be talking about later. Each other in a buddy cop movie, high speed chase culminating in a shootout with foreign drug dealers. So we'll, we'll kind of be getting to that in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, lots of good suggestions, but Harry, uh, you've chosen the first subject. You're still mad about the Cheeto. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad at the Cheeto thing. I'm just like, (laughs) Cheetos absolutely without a doubt a chip. Yeah, the only other th- yeah, I think that might be it's my- a portable snack device in a bag. I think for the next two weeks that might be my new obsession, but but my past obsession for the last two weeks has been uh, been it's been on Russia, and namely everything of the deal leading up to one this past election that happened technically two nights ago for but because of the where Russia is it's technically like three nights ago, because time zones and time time right. zones are stupid. Uh, time zones are theft. <laughs> But anyways, like, but fast. Uh, so we've had. Uh, so Putin went for election to become president for the ne- next another. Uh, was it? Was it, yeah for four more years. Is it four? Well, here I can read. The, I can read the story. But, but, give you some uh, some context here. From the Washington Post, Putin's reelection takes him one step closer to becoming Russian leader for life. Uh, he he got a victory in a new six year term as president. Uh, but most of his visible allies quickly signaled that they saw it as a mandate for something greater than that. Leader of the Russian people, rising above politics at a time when the country's very existence is threatened by an ex- uh, an, uh, an aggressive West. The road to presidency for life or some other kind of lifetime post as the country's leader opened today. An independent political analyst the Constitution would bar Putin from running again in 2024, but for months there's been growing speculation that Putin will change the Constitution or create a new office that would turn him into a supreme national leader like the Ayatollah Khomeini. So, yeah, he's on, he's well on his way to being a dictator. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> I think he'd probably hold it over everyone's head or get rid of the rule just to scare people and probably not even run because, it's you know, it's classic would be classic putin because the technically he's been in power since the 2000s but he was technically their their former the vice president in was it um oh eight i want to say it was where he took he took the back seat um but 
Well, so, so he was. He, but he. Oh, sorry. Well, he was president in 2000. He took mm-hmm. over for Boris Yeltsin, who stepped down. Correct. Transitioned to Putin, and Putin for the next uh, 12 years was president. And then Dmitry Dmitry Medvedev mm-hmm. was the president, and Putin served as prime minister. And basically, uh, or maybe I have that. Yeah, he was prime minister. And it is, it's like the vice president role, but it's it's more internal, and the president is the leader that that is in the out-facing world. Prime minister is internal, essentially, yeah. in some of these different federations. Yeah. yeah, of the Russian Federation. And the main thing people like to bring up about Putin is like, he was an ex-KGB colonel, and he served in a post in East Germany, and he's what's always famous for burning a lot of KGB documents in the, in, you know, in the basement. So basically it was like, see, he was just like, no, he was, you know, he was a good mailman. You know, he he did he did his job. But now I'm going to get crap for calling him a mailman. <laughs> anyways, he did his job. He burnt documents. He shredded stuff. You yeah. Know, he did what he was supposed to do. During the fall of the Berlin Wall, he was in Dresden, I think it was. and in, Yep, in Germany. And he burned all the... All, all the papers, and he supposedly wept as the Berlin Wall came down, but for the opposite reason of why we wept. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also supposedly, supposedly. He wept for, like, no, in a way, some people could say because he was losing his job, didn't know, but the, the people thinking that he really, like, you know, he's a massive communist socialist. No, he's just a big status, just like most people who are in right. power. But, like, the thing is, he's been running on the whole election of the idea of that Everyone is versus Russia. Everyone hates us. Look at look how they treat us. We didn't do anything to them. Right. The biggest um, form of democracy in the world has said that we have been meddling in their elections. We've meddled in their elections that we pick, you know, we helped pick their leader, Trump, because we celebrated someone's victory. Right. You know, and so but they're coming after us. They say we're going after them. And they was like, oh, we didn't do anything. We didn't do nothing wrong. And they and Hillary's campaign was already plot poking and prodding and help build Putin's case of like, you know, look, she's threatening to shoot down our planes. That's part of her, part of his election campaign. Anyway, so in the past two weeks, what happened, like the, like the uh, uh, leading, leading into his campaign, um, which was also weird with it, that we had the um, assassination attempt in, um, in Russia. Let me pull up my, Sorry, I am on my Chromebook. I don't have my laptop. My laptop yeah. is still out because my SSD died on Friday. He's really upset. He's uh, he's on a Chromebook, and I asked him, "I'm sorry, when did you become poor?" <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize. I knew you were going back to school, but not middle school. Uh, and then I I continued to mock him mercilessly, just as he mocks me for having Mac products. And uh, you know what? 2013 bought this uh, MacBook Pro, no issues. Weird, isn't it? So, it was the SSD that died. The uh-huh. laptop is perfectly fine. It was the SSD, mm-hmm. and then stupid Amazon Prime didn't two-day me. I got it. What? My Amazon Prime two-day became Amazon five-day. I hate when they're through third-party sellers mm-hmm. and like, ugh. But it said Prime. It said Prime. This is a Prime item. Rick asked in the chat, how jealous do you think Trump is? Do you think that Trump would want to become more than a two-term president? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump... Has if he were allowed to be president for life, he absolutely would. He has every hallmark of a. Uh, if you read the book on tyranny, uh, it's like basically twenty one lessons on tyranny, and it just outlines it all perfectly. I just read a book called The Dictator's Handbook, and Trump ticks all those marks. He's an authoritarian person who has 
constraints within the American system because the American system fundamentally will always, hopefully, reject an authoritarian like Donald Trump, like Vladimir Putin, like Xi Jinping. Uh, So I I have no doubt that he has those desires. I just don't think that the American system would would allow that. I think uh, you, you know... I don't know though. No. <laughs> we are so anti-intellectual, and we are going down such a a dangerous path, as we'll outline once we get to the next subject. That it's it's pretty scary. But yes, I do think Donald Trump is one of those folks who would want to be an authoritarian. He wants his personal desires. He treats he treats everyone around him as if they are all servants to him. I mean, he's the exact opposite of you know George Bush. No matter what you think of him, George Bush at least talked about how he was the the lead servant and his job was to serve the people. And there was a lot of rhetoric in the Bush administration about servant leadership. And that's the total opposite of Donald Trump, where it's you all exist to do what I want you to do or else I will fire you. And that's why you have such a high turnover, because they're trying to do what the Constitution or what, you know, their predecessors or what laws that have been passed or Supreme Court rulings have said that these executive branch members ought to do, and it conflicts with his own little worldview, and so he fires them. I mean, up next is H.R. McMaster to be replaced with the frightening John Bolton. Uh, This We'll get to the CIA uh, transition later. She's a scary lady. Uh, Ryan Zinke, Mm-hmm. The I think he's interior. He's on the hot seat. That uh, Scott Pruitt at the EPA is on the hot seat. He's you know and these are people. He's I'm almost I've almost got the cabinet I want. Well, dude, you pick these people. So you got the cabinet you wanted because you pick them. <laughs> so it's just it's you go and read the Fire and Fury book now. It's like a completely different group of people in the White House a year later. Mm-hmm. The the Fire and the Fire and Fury book is completely irrelevant. And it was it came out in January. We were talking about in Fire and Fury in January, and it was relevant. It's not anymore. Like that's how crazy this guy is. So, uh, so back to Putin. Anyway, so where was I? The po- like I said, the poison of the Russian spy that happened in uh, Salisbury um, in the UK. Right. That happened around what is it? What's today's Tuesday? So about about two weeks ago, and. The thing that's always like crazy about this about this whole case about this Russian this ex KGB spy he turned over to MI6 in the was it the eighties mm-hmm. and he gave up information um, about different um, Russian spy um, um, Russian spies to the um, to um, to the um, British intelligence and became an asset of theirs right. Fat. So, but you know, he defected, stayed in the United, stayed in the UK. You know, so all the information that he had is eighties past. Right. And then here in 2018, you know, he an assassin uh, he was an assassination attempt that was put onto him and the manner that someone was using was a nerve agent, a nerve gas agent, right. which is a nerve gas agent that they known to be used at, and created by the um, so- Soviet Union era Russian government to take this guy out. The thing, and then the UK responded in kind, expelling um, diplomats and and forcing sanctions on the Russian government. So this is two weeks right before the election. So that spurs a lot of other people to like, look, they're coming after us without any proof. Russia has denied all the allegations of this poisoning, which personally is the great thing because there hasn't been a use of chemical weapons on 
in Euro- in Europe since World War Two. So you've got this one. So this one bit case pops up in twenty uh, twenty eighteen, right? And the thing that is crazy, and all the allegations and all the conspiracy theories and stuff that goes through it, because the thing that doesn't make any sense is why the Russian government would use a nerve agent to poison somebody to take somebody out. Because mm-hmm. the way they released the gas, it was more of like because most of the time when they have poison, or shown poison like polonium X or all the other poisons that possibly the Kremlin has used, it's been very targeted. It's one person took one person out. This thing was a gas agent that took not only himself out but his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it hit the police police officer that um, that ran into it that that went there to help. So they had to even put a tent and clean up that. They had to clean up the town where they they were meeting at. Everywhere is that. So it was very. It's almost like very sloppy the way they released it. They just said screw it and just kind of released it everywhere. Right. Uh, they even had to back block off where his. Um, they haven't. Uh, I don't think they released a report because uh, they are supposedly not. Pulling out the bodies of his dead sons, but they're pulling the bodies out of his dead sons to also probably look for poisonings and stuff mm. like that. Uh, because it, it it is not unusual for in the past of the Ukrainian and the Russian government that type of that part of the of the of Europe yeah. Asia to use poison in political matters. It's he, very um, was it the it was was it Viktor Yushchenko, the former president of the Ukraine? I, I, he lived. Yes, and lived. is permanently disfigured with pockmarks and scars all over his face. Correct. Uh, y- yeah, the the spy who died in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I remember the bald, the picture of him in the hospital bed with the bald head. I, I don't know his name, but I mean, it's very. Uh, it, it happens all the time in Russia too. All, all these journalists keep turning up po- dead and, and poisoned. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's the go to for the Putin regime. Yeah, and it was uh, the the poison you're talking about that we had that one had done. Britain was polonium X, which right. was a radio. It was a radioactive uh, type of poison, and they've labeled to trace that back all the way back to Russia, just because of the radioactive, like because it was it, it left a radiation moat point everywhere it went to, everywhere it touched. So the teapot, the bathroom where they took it to, the you know the, the they took even where they even went to the on the airplane, they traced it all the way back. Every they could basically follow the entire path because this thing was radiating on so many other things, leaving radiation like um uh, uh, substances everywhere. It was just like okay, this way thing went here. They even noticed that they even tried a they did an earlier attempt and failed and gave up and poured it down the bat and down the sink and in a in the hotel room. Wow. Yeah, it's just like it's crazy. But like even that, like they could kind of say it was Russia because they they found okay these guys came from Russia. That's how they came in, and they got they have sort of ties. But the Russian government still didn't like. Oh yeah, that was us. Yeah, we poisoned and took this guy out. Right. You know, and they also have grainy footage of it. But like I said, but and they barely figured it out because they were about a day into burying this guy before they realized this guy was dying of radiation sickness. Right, it was a day from it. Day they were going to put this guy on the ground because they know like, what, what he's dying from. Then someone finally noticed radiation sickness. So that was that one. So you could say that okay, maybe they thought no one would catch this thing, and they were because there almost was like a day ahead. But that, that was. So you would think the lessons learned from that case, right? If they want to go poison someone else, they would, you know, the Russian state would probably do a better job of cleaning its tracks. Mm-hmm. So the whole conspiracy, so you've got, you're sitting looking at this thing. So either the Russian government snubbed its nose at UK law, the European Union, and everybody, and every tie that they've had to nerve gas agents to take out a spy that hasn't been relevant for 20 plus years. Right. Just to get what? Get back old debts? Old Cold War debts? Right. Which they have, but the thing is, like, what's easier? 
sneak some nerve agent into the UK or put a bullet in this guy, or sneak a gun in and put a bullet in this guy. And then they're like, well, they wanted to make him suffer. The Russian government perfected the curare um, poison. Mm-hmm. They were the one who's perfected it. Granted, they it was they got it from um, was it uh, out in Vietnam? They got it from out there from using it out there. But the Russian government popularized it and got it weaponized really weaponized it right granted it was weaponized but they made it better and made it better delivery system they made a better delivery system for all kinds of different poisons so you know the the arsenal was huge to be able to enact all kinds of different poisons on this guy to really make him suffer and the idea of using a nerve agent just doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. other than then either they snub their nose or because or they lost control of a, a of a chemical uh, of a chemical agent, or it wasn't them, right? Or it wasn't Russia. Right. Either they lost control, really did it, or it wasn't them. Because you know, and then the other thing that uh, because the only other person there's a, the two other like, you can go the conspiracy uh, speculation of the people that could possibly pull this off. MI6 could possibly pull this off to make mm-hmm. it look like Russia. The other people that could do it would be CIA. Like if you had some, I don't know, it's like some dark CIA person that's coming into the light right now to come out, you know, coming from the background, coming forward that wants a role in Russia. They decided to use their deep state contact to do to put this out there to give a better boogeyman. Yeah, so I think a lot of what's happening and a lot of what this story and the next story and the Russia collusion and the spying and the assets trying to infiltrate the Trump administration and all of this is, and all the stuff that we learned about the Hillary Clinton campaign, like all of this is how politics really works. Mm -hmm. This is how geopolitics works. This is how governments operate. And this is why libertarians are consistently saying that government is a cancer that needs to be removed from society Mm -hmm. because this is how they behave. And they do it in secret, and they can make their own rules, and they can punish whomever they like, and they can kill whomever they like and cover it up. And, you know, maybe that stuff doesn't happen in America, but it happens in a a sophisticated, you know, near superpower like the Russian government, and they get away with it. And, you know, it happens in China, it happens in third world countries, and it probably happens here. And that's why people are so suspect of the deaths of people like Seth Rich and Michael Hastings because we go something's not right here. So right. so that's that's why we're we're really suspect about this stuff because this is just how all of it works and we're just now finally getting to see it thanks to the internet age, thanks to the tools that we've been that we've created as a society mm-hmm. to bring this stuff to light. Yeah. Like the whole people like that doesn't happen in modern politics. Like most people who who've ever been involved in even like like to me, like I've always, I remember when I first got the taste of it, like a small town politics of hearing about that in the internet age, because you, 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 you know, the innocence of most the small small town politics are more dangerous than anything else, because yeah. you get boss hog t- style people, not like boss hog liberty, but like boss hog. <laughs> That's why we named him that. <laughs> Boss Hog style. Not saying you know, somebody the, hasn't been thrown in a gator pit yeah, in Henry County yeah. because they defied the Boss Hog of Liberty. I'm not not saying that, but <laughs> there may have been people fed to, to coyotes. I don't know. Coyotes, Maybe. snap snapping turtles. Though. Get your get your get your crap together, Helen. <laughs> hey Mary, stop arguing about the doughboy. You're next. But small, yeah. But small town politics is where like snap goes. The stuff goes on. Like um, I don't know. Like some ta- uh, like some Lawrence mayor stealing someone's dog because they decided to go after. You know, started running in different you know challenges or spreading rumors stuff like that, getting people fired or you know 
if you run for any other office going after most incumbents in Lawrence, code enforcement will be at your doorstep. Right. They will, you know, you're, you're just automatically, oh, you got flagged. Right. You got flagged. Right. What? what? Code enforcement has never hit, came over here on this side, you know, this side of Lawrence. They've never been over here. Now, oh, they're suddenly over here. You're yeah. expecting everything about your property. But, you know. But Start like, wrapping up on Russia because we got to. Oh, I'm sorry. The time sorry. on its butt. All right, sorry. Back to Russia. Then, so like the whole, so the last two weeks has been like this whole like further sanctions on Russia, Russian demonizing. So it also helped with Putin's camp. That has helped the for the last two weeks. It also has helped the Putin's campaign to show like, look, the world's coming after us. There's no evidence. They're coming after us. We have offered the help, stuff like that. But we're still the bad man, boogeyman to all of us. So like that. So that has helped. Putin win his you know run his political. Granted, he didn't need this whole poisoning. Right. The other thing is that you also notice with the whole Russian election is the gigantic margin that he has won. The second person being a, uh, coming close to him was that was eleven percent was the Communist Party. Right. Ooh. But of course, when it comes down to it, you know, Putin or communism, mm, that's not a hard choice. Not really. Um, the other thing, uh, the cool thing about the Russian election was that it was you know there were six different people, six different people that you could vote for. So come on, America, get with the time. Russia looks a little bit more freer in their you know presidential elections than America does. Right, but the thing is, the other thing you can get on Live League and look at the videos. Um, I put it on the trail, though. Maybe I'll throw it in the um, um, the Discord or the chat. Was to look at the uh, the cam footage because Russians are very good about recording things. They're very very good at recording because of all the different insurance scams. It's it's incredibly corrupt in Russia because in the days of the USSR, to get anything done in Russia. You had to commit. You had to bribe people. Mm-hmm. That's how you got things done. And so they have a ton of cameras everywhere: body cameras, car cameras. That's why, like, if you remember that plane that went right over the interstate, or the comets that fall in Russia, mm-hmm. it's always picked up on their car cameras. It's because of insurance scams, police being bright, you know, trying mm-hmm. to bribe people. It's so they record everything there. Everything. So during the election process, people were recording the ballot boxes. They had these clear boxes they were putting. Some videos to show they had the clear ballot boxes. So eat, and then they show people take their little, like, one single sheet of paper with their ballot, folding it up or doing what they do, and shoving the ballot box. And it looked all pretty normal, pretty th- Then the video fast forwards, right? And this guy zooms in on the ballot box. And there's just just a stack, a perfectly flat stack of a thick stack of ballots sitting in there. Right. So either Russia decides to take all its absentee ballots or pre-filled out ballots from people, you know, oh, I can't make it that election day, and they put it all in at once in their live on the floor, or someone has stuffed some ballot boxes. Right. And then they've got other videos of people working at polling stations waiting for other people to put votes in and then they're shoving some other votes behind it hmm. it's really weird getting on live leak and look at some of the uh the russian election um stuff it's- yeah and we'll post that in the show notes yeah. so you can go and check out uh, one of the live leaks that harry put up there yeah. on to our next subject um sorry i can go i can go like five hours on russia no oh, i know well you have loki wall tomorrow night yep it's uh let's plug loki wall that is through the, our Twitch channel, you can follow us on Twitch. We, the letter R, Libertarians. Harry manages that along with our Discord community, which you can join at wearelibertarians.com. And every Wednesday night, Harry hosts a fan chat mm-hmm. for We Are Libertarians. He he brings a stack of subjects, but you can join in too. So every night, 
eight ish on on Wednesday nights. Yeah, it's eight o'clock. I usually I start to live stream around seven forty five just to let people know like, hey, it's a fifteen minute countdown. Some people get in the chat room and start talk, but like even if you if your level's high enough in the Discord chat, you can even jump jump into the voice chat there and actually talk and communicate and jump on the show um we actually get um stone jumps on a lot um uh, reinhold gets on mm-hmm. um, escalage applause gets on and um we all just get on and talk and talk about different stories and it's not unrealistic for a low-key wall to just get two new stories that i that come out of left field just from the chat and it's usually great stories and we cover about anything and yes i do tie them back to libertarianism but you know just like everything but we it, it, everything comes out there it's really, yeah, really cool and the the only way to get the audio of it is to be a patreon subscriber and then i take the audio and i put it into our private rss feed that you get with all the bonus content and those twitch streams they live for a couple weeks, but not for long. And then the only way to listen to the back catalog uh, is to get that. And I found out that our uh, RSS feed for this feed, the public feed, is being capped, too, at 300. So uh, you can't get the first 50 episodes. So I will mm-hmm. probably take that and put that behind the paywall as well and, and put up uh, put that stuff into the private RSS feed. So the only place to get that stuff wearelibertarians.com, join Patreon. So Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are all full suicidal, and we should put them all on suicide watch because they're trying to kill themselves. They are are trying to drive all of us away from their platforms, and they're doing a damn good job of it. And it's personally uh, sad for me. I mean, to be honest, We Are Libertarians exist because of the amount of organic growth that I could get from these social networks for the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last two years, we've seen zero organic growth, almost no traffic back to our website from Facebook. Uh, Google now globally has passed Facebook as the official referrer. And it is is sad to see these great tools of free speech uh, that bring things like the Arab Spring to light, uh, start to give up on free speech, embrace censorship to please their friends on the left and listen i'm a, I'm a decidedly uh, fair-minded person i'm somebody that tries to uh get the truth of, of a subject I'm, I'm a person who wants to understand the world i don't come at you with uh i ha- i am a libertarian i have libertarian principles i apply those to the news but i'm also constantly questioning everything and uh, so I try to be fair-minded because sometimes the left and the right are right, and libertarians can learn some things from them. But in this case, I'm decidedly anti-left because what the left has decided to do is create a false narrative and start to push that in an effort to regulate these social networks and punish these social networks and control thought and bend it towards them. And the media jumps on it and is complicit in it because the media is has never not held a grudge against big tech and these social networks for lifting their stuff. You know, if you remember the Google News fight several years ago where content creators are going, hey, you're just putting your stuff on Google News or you're just putting this on Facebook. Uh, and so what Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, but all the Twitter, what all these tech giants have always tried to do is to work with big media, to work with content creators, to work with government officials, and please them in an effort to keep regulations away from their business. 
we don't want regulations on big tech and social media because we don't want that innovation to be stifled. Think of the tens of think of the millions of jobs that have been created because of big tech and the social networks and uh, smartphones. Eighty three percent, according to new Edison research, there's something called the infinite dial research by Edison research that studies podcasting. And and they say eighty three percent of people have a smartphone now. Think of all the amazing things that have happened because of the the ability for us to get all this technology. A lot of bad things too. There's a lot of downside to all of this, but that's that's how it goes with any new technology. With any new technology, you have an upside and a downside. Uh, but but innovation is stifled by regulation, and we are unfortunately about to see the regulation of Facebook and big tech. And it's solely because of political purposes. So for two years, we've been dealing with the term fake news and Russia and it and these bots that supposedly, you know, infest our politics. And they have taken the media and the left and, and Democrat politicians with the power of the government have taken it upon themselves to start demanding that these big platforms that should stand for free speech start censoring speech you you hear about you you vaguely hear in passing you you watch like i was listening to media i think it's media gazer it's a pbs outlet and it's it's focused on media media shift i think it might be but anyway it's great great outlet you learn a ton from from this guy and i listen to his podcast and and they're talking about uh blockchain technology and how it can help news and they start talking about how blockchain technology can free journalism and help protect from censorship by governments and then literally the next discussion in it is how do you use blockchain to fight fake news well one man's fake news is another man's truth and that is the problem with this entire discussion, is you are removing the agency and the autonomy of each reader to determine what is or is not uh, news. The, the leaders of, of opinion pages, editors of newspapers and TV outlets, they are pissed that they no longer have control over how you think. And so they are using all of this quote-unquote crisis to to their advantage to not only try and claw back revenue that they've lost and the control over our minds that they've lost. And I have repeatedly said on this program and on Facebook, if you don't stand up for the right of InfoWars to publish what they want to say, then you're going to lose your right pretty quickly. And we're there. And you didn't listen to me because you all wanted to make the property rights argument. Yes, Facebook, Twitter, they all have the right to publish whatever they'd like to publish. They they are a private business, and what happens on their server should happen on their server according to their whim. There is without There is no doubt that that is the case. But that doesn't mean that you can't make both arguments simultaneously. Yes, I believe in property rights, and they have the right to do this, but I also believe that they shouldn't censor my voice. You can you can hold two things in your mind, can't you? And I post I posted something this week because 
I'm I'm so sick and tired of libertarians being black and white too. We're not supposed to be as dumb as Republicans and Democrats. You you can have complex thinking where you can say I don't agree with censorship on these platforms, but I also understand they have the right to do it. Because let's face it, these platforms are so big. There's two billion users on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That is a billion more people than China yes. and India and Indonesia. Like they are in a massive company. Uh, YouTube, Google accounts. You can get to two percent of the internet because of Google. Uh, the think of the websites that you visit. You visit Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google. You don't visit many other websites beyond those big tech company websites. Harry, you're different. You're an uber nerd okay but for most people their experience are these basic platforms they have an enormous responsibility to not let themselves censor and filter out thought and so the message the slow drumbeat of the last year and a half has been we need to fix the problem at facebook twitter and youtube well it turns out the problem is conservatives and libertarians yes and we're being fixed And you should be really fucking pissed off about it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not mad about it because you're so stuck in your in your unilateral mindset of, well, it's the right to do it, then you're you're seeding the ground when you should fight. Austin Peterson didn't lay down like a pussy and say, well, it's their right to do it. They can just shut off my Facebook right 30 days before the primary. You know, Claire McCaskill's friends with people at the tech giant Facebook. He's running against Claire McCaskill. They shut his Facebook page down because of a drawing of a gun mm-hmm. 30 days before the election. And you know what he did? He didn't go, huh, well, you know, the Mississippian argument says. He said, no, this is not right. And he started making an issue out of it. And he started going, he called every person in his Rolodex. He got on Glenn Beck. He got on every single radio show he could find. He talked to Brian Nichols on our network. He went on TV shows, and he started making an issue out of it. And you know what? Two days later, he's back on. His ban lasted less than five days because he made an issue out of it and said, this isn't right, and I'm not going to sit here and be a victim of liberal censorship because they're really loud. These censors are really loud people, and sometimes when people are really loud, you want to go, I don't want to get involved in this. Uh, I, I just don't think that I can fight these people because they're so loud. Meanwhile, 90% of the country is sitting there going, when is somebody going to speak for me? That's why Austin Peterson is is somebody that people are gravitated to because he says the hard things. And people go, finally, somebody's saying what I want them to say. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm tired of being treaded upon. Like that's That's what the left and the media are doing. They are taking away our ability to have intellectual conversations with each other, even knuckle-dragging conversations. Nobody hates our Facebook page more than me because I sit there and see the dumb that is commented on our own Facebook page by our own people. I hate it. Uh, so you you have to start using the power of the free market and social pressure to put change on these big companies to stop censoring us. We are libertarians, cannot exist without uh, you fighting for our right to exist. We only exist because there is a group of people out there listening to my voice in your ears. 
it is incredibly important for you to become a Patreon subscriber at this moment in time because I have a limited window of about one to two years to squeeze whatever I can out of social media to get people onto our email list, to get people onto our podcast feed, and trying to do whatever last gasp organic marketing I can do with these social platforms. Mm -hmm. Because without them, because without the ability to organically be found, we don't exist. And we're going to return at some point to the old internet, which I loved far more than I love this internet 2.0, where it's an everybody, the blog role is really important. Mm-hmm. Everybody's networking together and telling you, hey, go to these blogs, check these people out. Mm-hmm. But I really need your support right now because it is, it, it is time for me to start building out email platforms and things internally in our website, things that I have neglected because I have, I have let uh, social media and Facebook groups and all that stuff do it for me. Well, that, that stuff isn't going to cut it in two years, and I'll tell you why. So it came out, uh, the some intrepid reporters over in England started going after this, uh, started talking to this group called Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is backed by the Mercers. The Mercers are the, the folks that funded Breitbart and... Uh, bankrolled Trump essentially and a lot of the they're not alt-right they developed into the alt-right and then the Mercers cut their support but they are definitely traditional conservatives and very wealthy and basically like the rights George Soros and so the left is not going to tolerate this so uh, the media in England Channel 4 with the BBC the Observer uh, the Guardian all started doing exposés so Donald Trump hired this company called Cambridge Analytica in 2016. So this is in The Guardian, published Saturday, March 17th, 2018, revealed 50 million Facebook profiles harvested for Cambridge Analytica in major data breach. Wasn't a data breach at all. You voluntarily gave over your information. I'll explain why. But the mere presence of the word breach means you're being lied to. Because they either don't understand, and so they're giving you fake news, or they are intentionally misrepresenting what this company does. The data analytics firm that worked with Donald Trump's election team in the winning Brexit campaign harvested millions of Facebook profiles of U.S. voters in one of the tech giant's biggest ever data breaches and used them to build a powerful software program to predict and influence choices at the ballot box. A whistleblower has revealed at The Observer... How Cambridge Analytica, a company owned by the hedge fund billionaire Robert Mercer and headed at the time by Steve Bannon, used personal information taken without authorization in early 2014 to build a system that could profile individual U.S. voters in order to target them with personalized political advertisements. Christopher Wiley, who worked with the Cambridge University academic to obtain the data, uh, told The Observer, We exploited Facebook to harvest millions of people's profiles and built models to exploit what we knew about them and target their inner demons. That was the basis the entire company was founded on. Documents seen by The Observer confirmed by a Facebook statement show that by late 2015, the company had found out that information had been harvested on an unprecedented scale. However, at the time, it failed to alert users and took only limited steps to recover and secure the private information of more than 50 million individuals. The New York Times reports that copies of the data harvested for Cambridge Analytica could still be found online. Its reporting team had viewed some of the raw data. 
The data was collected through an app called This Is Your Digital Life, built by academic Alexander Kogan, separately from his work at Cambridge University. Through his company Global Science Research, in collaboration with Cambridge Analytica, hundreds of thousands of users were paid to take a personality test and agreed to have their data collected for academic use. Let me reread that. Let me reread where this breach came from. Hundreds of thousands of users were paid to take a personality test and agreed to have their data collected for academic use. However, the app also collected the information of test takers' Facebook friends, leading to the accumulation of the data pool of tens of millions strong. Facebook's platform policy allowed only collection of friends' data to improve their user experience in the app and barred it from being sold on or used for advertising. Well, that happens all the time, and Barack Obama did it, and I will explain that in a moment. Uh, so, comes only thir weeks uh, after the indictment of 13 Russians by the special counsel Mueller, which stated they had used the platform to perpetrate information warfare against the United States. Which, if you read it, was absolute horseshit. It is all narrative without substance. Cambridge Analytica and Facebook are one focus of an inquiry into data and politics by the British Information Commissioner's offices. Uh, so to move on in this article, uh, on Friday, four days after the Observer sought, com sought comment for the story, more than two years after the data breach was first reported, Facebook announced that it was suspending Cambridge Analytica and Kogan from the platform, pending further investigation over the misuse of data. Uh, they maintain that they are making false and defamatory allegations. Uh, here's what it comes down to. This is a company that built personality apps, and it's like pretty much as far as I understand it at this point, because I've, I've spent the last couple days looking into this. Now, I've worked with Facebook. I'm a social me media marketer by trade. Uh, I have grown this business on the back of Facebook and social media in general. Uh, it's what I do at my day job, and my entire existence is how do I get you to do something by interacting with me on uh, a social media platform. That's how I get paid. I don't get paid per click or anything like that, but my job is basically create content that you will like, that you will share with your friends, so I can get more people to engage with our platform, with our brands. Um, and nothing is nefarious about it. <laughs> it's how the entire platform exists. When you click the terms of service to join Facebook, you agree to be part of that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And when you pay nothing, you are the product. So if you're using things online for free, you are the one being sold. And if you don't get that, then please understand it because it is the fundamental premise of these social networking sites. The way that Facebook makes money is that they hyper-target ads to your Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. And they also farm out some of this data to other people. When you log into a website using your Facebook account, you are agreeing to give that website a piece of your data. When you take one of these quizzes that says, you know, do your eye does your eye color match your birth month? Or what is your horoscope for this week? You go to that third-party app, you authorize your information, and you let that app read... What do you think that when you take those quizzes on Facebook, what do you think they're doing? Do you think that they just built that for the for fun? So much fun and it's, shares. Right. I'm just going to spend 20 hours building this Facebook app and, and get 100,000 100, shares because I just want people 
to know if their birth month is the correct one for that one. Like, what Harry Potter character are you? Do you think that those are built for just out of the kindness of somebody's heart? Yeah. Um, which which Harry Potter house are you in? Right. You were giving your data to someone to sell to someone else, and you were giving them access to your social graph. So I don't post photos of my niece. I don't mention my nieces on my big Facebook page. I've got 5,000 connections, 10,000 likes of pages. I'm in 200 groups. The amount of spread connected to that big Facebook account is ridiculous. And I'm opening up. When you become friends with another person, you it's like sex. If you have sex with one person, you're having sex with everybody they had sex with. Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of like tree branching concept. You are you are networking yourself and networking your data together. Yep. And you can go into the business manager of your Facebook page and you can take a look at the people that like your page. And the amount of data set is incredible. And those third-party apps take that information and they use it to make money. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to be part of that system, delete your Facebook account. Don't take those quizzes. Don't put any information on your profile. Don't like pages. Every single action that you ever take on Facebook is a signal to the Facebook algorithms and servers as to how to market to you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that when you say something out loud, that's why I don't have an Alexa in this house. Uh, Jeff and I at work were talking the other day about a microphone, and we were talking about those blue microphones, yeah, the $20 no, microphones that... The Blue Yeti ones will suck. Not the Blue Yeti ones, but the ones that uh, Jer uses for Boss Hog of Liberty. Okay, yeah. Yeah. like the those are good. $20, they sound decent. Uh, he had his phone in his pocket, and he gets on Facebook later that day, and mm-hmm. there's an Amazon ad for that particular microphone. Because he and I were having a conversation about uh, about what microphone to use. Now, he didn't have his phone out. His phone was in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So how did they hear the description, the detailed description that I gave of, his, of that microphone to him, and then it showed up on his feed? It's because the apps that you use on the, your phone are listening to your conversation. Your Alexa is listening to your conversation. They're picking up social signals, behavioral signals, buying signals to figure out how to sell you a product. Yep. It's it's so far beyond, in this day and age, uh, just putting a cookie on your browser. Mm-hmm. If you have a smart TV and you have it logged into the internet, if you have logged it into your IP and you're watching a TV show, and let's say you're watching a, 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 an episode of NCIS on your smart TV and you're watching it on DVR, and you get to the commercial, there is a signal sent from your smart TV during that episode that is sent to an ad server. Even if you skip the commercial for the Tide Pod that appeared in that commercial, you have triggered the ad server that will then start feeding you, based on your IP address, Tide commercials on your phone, on your browsers, on all the little ads boxes on the Drudge Report or whatever websites you go to. If you think that, wow, it's so weird. I mentioned this product and it started following me around on the internet. I saw this commercial and then all of a sudden Cabela's started popping up all over my all over the internet because I saw Cabela's TV commercial. That's what's happening. You are being constantly sold and your your information is being sold to make money. Yep. 
And politicians have been using this for years, starting with Mark Penn uh, of the Clintons, who came up with micro-targeting. And, you know, also the Bush administration, 2004, targeting soccer moms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the 2000s is really when this started, but the Obama administration were the ones who really lit. So let's let's move on to The Guardian, go back to 2012. Same publication that we just read from with Cambridge Analytica. Barack, this is February 2012, uh, an election year with, with uh, Obama, where he's running against Mitt Romney. Barack Obama's re-election team are building a vast digital data operation that for the first time combines a unified database on millions of Americans with the power of Facebook to target individual voters to a degree never achieved before. Digital analysts predict this will be the first election cycle in which Facebook could become a dominant political force. The social media giant has grown exponentially since the last presidential election, rendering it for the first time a major campaigning tool that has the potential to transform friendship into a political weapon. Uh, so, uh, Facebook is now ubiquitous, uh, Dan Soroker said. Uh, I want to read this one quote that is in here. Uh, At the core is a single beating heart, a unified computer database that gathers and refines information on millions of committed and potential Obama voters. The databases will allow staff and volunteers at all levels of the campaign, from top strategists answering directly to Obama's campaign manager, Jim Messina, to the lowliest canvasser on the doorsteps of Ohio to unlock knowledge about individual voters and to use it to target personalized messages that they hope will mobilize voters that count most. Every time an individual volunteers to help out, for instance, by offering to host a fundraising party for the president, he or she will be asked to log on to the re-election website with their Facebook credentials. Then that will engage Facebook Connect, the digital interface that shares a user's personal information with a third party. Consciously or otherwise, the individual volunteer will be injecting all the information they store publicly on their Facebook page, home location, date of birth, interest, crucially, network of friends, directly into the Obama database. Outside of the Facebook account. (laughs) Somewhere other than in Facebook. Uh, So... uh, No, it is a secure login, though. I will tell you that much. It it is a secure login, yeah. Yeah, because they have to... You're voluntarily giving it up. Yeah. You're paying for a very secure login, but you could pay for other things. It's easier. But anyway, I'm sorry. So at one point, uh, somewhere in this article, and I can't find it, uh, and I'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, uh, but like... yeah, they th- Basically what happened is uh, they, they took more information than they were allowed to, given the terms of service. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Obama team said, oops, sorry. And the Facebook people said, eh, we're on the same team. Keep it. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, so the Obama team, if you remember in 2012, was praised for building this amazing network in 08 and 12. Mm-hmm. And that's how they, they just they changed the, the face of politics. They're geniuses. And then the Trump team does the exact same thing. The Mercers fund the exact same thing. And they're demonized for it. Steve Bannon was part of the same operation, mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Uh, it, it's just incredible the the hypocrisy here. When you look at this stuff, it's it's such a nothing burger, but it's a complete. Uh, it's never letting a good crisis go to waste. They are they are fighting quote unquote propaganda by using propaganda and saying that there's something here when there isn't. Denying uh, strength and calling it a weakness. Exactly right. 
War is peace. Yep. I mean, it's it's. Uh, this is from reason. We're weak. We didn't do any of this. Right. We didn't already have this mailing list because that's the thing. It's like, well, they didn't do this because she already had Obama's list. She had right. your list. Most of the majority of the people who are like are young Democrats right now, they all have Facebook pages. Yeah. And a lot of them voted for Obama. So she's already got your, she already got all your info deets. You think, uh, you, that's why you want a LifeLock product if you're a Harry level security person. Like, your, the voter file for most states, the statewide voter file where mm-hmm. you register to vote has uh, all of the information needed to steal your identity. Yep. It it not only has your address, your email, your phone number. In some cases, it has social security numbers and driver's licenses. You can go buy it for five thousand bucks here mm-hmm. in Indiana. You can go to any state and buy a voter file. Mm-hmm. And companies do. These companies that buy magazine subscription lists, Facebook lists, uh, the voter file lists, they put all of this into information. If you're a business and you want to market, how do you think direct mail pieces are chosen? Yep. Like, yeah. this is what this is how it works, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're running how you get a piece of email or something or n- n- mail this out of the blue, it's because your name is on a list or something and someone sold that list. Right. That's why, like, you know, like the Willow Libertarians is a great place to give your email list because, like, Chris is going to sell that thing. You know, I I give it to other things. I I only give my emails out to places I know and sell them, or I create a very weird email address that gets kicked out of a whole bunch of different systems. I'm not saying I won't. I'm not saying I'm. Uh, I would sell your email, but I certainly would buy. Like if Reason Magazine, if I could buy Reason Magazine's email list, Ooh, yeah. I would 100% do that. You know, like why wouldn't I? Because that would be such a smart investment in my mm-hmm. business to grow my business. It'd probably be a very expensive list to buy. Sure. <laughs> but wouldn't it be worth it? Oh heck yeah! It'd be totally yeah, totally return. Double my fa- double yeah, my easily. podcast downloads very easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, five reasons not to feed the Russian troll hysteria by Jacob Solon and Paul Detrick on March sixteenth. Um, Russia, yeah. <clears throat> um, the Russians intended to sow chaos and have succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. The New York Times said, uh, but. Here's the five reasons not to believe it. Number one, Russian trolling was a drop in the bucket. According to the indictment, Russian trolls associated with the so-called Internet Research Agency in St. Petersburg spent thousands of U.S. dollars every month on social media ads, which is a minuscule fraction of online ad revenue. Facebook alone alone reported advertising revenue of $9.16 billion in the second quarter of 2017. That's a quarter. That's four, four, <laughs> four times. So that's nearly fifty billion a year. Uh, the Russians are said to be responsible for producing forty-three hours of YouTube videos, but that doesn't seem like very much when you consider that four hundred hours of content are uploaded to the site every minute. Number two, Russian trolls were not very sophisticated. Russian trolls supposedly had the Machiavellian know-how to infiltrate the American political system, but their social media posts don't look very sophisticated. The post often featured broken English and puzzling topic choices. A post promoting a buff Bernie Sanders coloring book, for instance, noted the coloring is something that suits for all people. Another post showed Jesus and Satan in an arm wrestling match with the caption, Satan, if I win, Clinton wins. Jesus, not if I can help it. The post generated very few clicks and shares. That's because authenticity works. Yeah. The reason most of you like this podcast is because I'm willing to share my life with you. 
I'm willing to be open and vulnerable with you. And the same goes for any type of content. If if it is if it looks like garbage on on social media or a spam email, you don't click it. It's not effective. You can have a Russian bot pushing out a narrative on Twitter and it can be let's say it's 20% of all tweets sent within a 15 minute span. You know how many people are actually seeing that? None. Because all these Russian bots are networked together, but nobody actually likes them. Right. Nobody actually engages with their content because it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. The fake news stuff doesn't work. Like maybe your crazy Aunt Donna shares stuff on Facebook, but do you ever like look at that and go, oh, I believe that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the truth there. They got the truth. <laughs> right. Like yeah. when you see somebody share a conservative treehouse or uh, what's the crazy lady that uh, hates Muslims? Yeah, uh, that, yeah. You know um, what I mean? Talking about whatever Aunt Donna's. The air down a lady. I've got that meme on my computer still. Yeah. But, um, the, like, or the, uh, F, yeah, like I think I saw one of those fake news one bots today that like FDA admits um, uh, vaccines cause autism. I'm like, really? What kind of f- fake news site is this? Right. Uh, number three, Russian trolls rallies. Russian troll rallies apparently did not attract many participants. The indictment shows much of pro-Trump and anti-Clinton rallies investigated by Russian trolls, but it does not say how many people participated. The New York Times reported that a Russian organized rally in Texas opposing Sharia law attracted a dozen people. An anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim rally in Idaho drew four people. All right. Libertarians, let's be honest. We've held a few rallies, haven't we? How much impact did we make when we had four people show up to our our, our tea party rally? Less than seven percent. The oh, sorry. yeah. How much of the vote did we sway by having a, a a rally with a dozen people? All I'm saying is we we could probably be we are libertarians probably considered as uh, Russian trolls as we trolled and tried to almost defend Putin. So we could you know we helped we libertarians probably helped right. Putin's election. Even though in 2012, you go back, there, it's in 20, no, it's not 2012, because we barely existed then. It's 2013, I think. I call I call Putin, I say he's the next great dictator. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we were one of the first outlets to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Russian trolling, and so was Mitt Romney, and so was Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck was excoriated for saying that he was, he was somebody to look out for, and he's been right at every step. Yeah. Crazy conspiracy theorist. Yeah, it makes you wonder why, like, you know, McCain, you know, maybe Russian trolls help Obama get elected twice. Yeah. Uh, Russian trolling probably didn't change anyone's mind. Broken English aside, social media posts are not qualitatively different from content created by American activists, and they seem to be aimed mainly at reinforcing pre-existing beliefs and divisions. The Russians might have gotten a few Trump supporters to show up at anti-Clinton rallies, but that does not mean they had an impact on the election. There are there are so many research uh, so many research projects out there now that show arguing with people on Facebook or posting politics on Facebook changes absolutely no one's mind. It just only serves to reaffirm the beliefs of the people that read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russian his, Russian troll hysteria depicts free speech as a kind of violence. Uh, justice. Let me read that again. Russian troll hysteria depicts free speech as a kind of violence. The Justice Department describes the messages posted by Russians pretending to be as Americans as information warfare. There's a moron for your mind. But while the posts may have been sophomoric and accurate and illogical, that does not distinguish them from most of what passes for online political discussion among actual Americans. The integrity of civic discourse does not depend on verifying the citizenship of people who participate in it. 
It depends on the ability to weigh what they say, checking it against our own values and information from other sources. If voters cannot do that, maybe democracy is doomed. But if so, it's not the Russians' fault. And that's so true. The second you give up your ability to think and allow other people to determine what is something that you can read or not read, listen, you know, we really do need to get a handle on these bots. We really do need to open up uh, these these social media companies to regulation. Uh, we, we need to get a handle on this. They're interfering in our election. Like, if they're hacking machines, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But if they're buying Facebook ads, I don't give a shit because they're not being effective. I've done Facebook advertising. Like, if I... I can pay for Facebook advertising to fans of this show who are in our groups, who are in our, who like our page. And you know how many people actually sign up to listen to the podcast when I do that? It's almost negligible. 30. It's not really worth the money. The money is better putting it into things like the mobile app where people are already on a platform searching for libertarian content mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to get people to become a subscriber to the podcast Mm -hmm. and these are fans okay so this is all bullshit and so what what has happened now what had happened was this narrative that the left has used to this vague narrative that trump colluded with russia and hillary clinton pushes that russian bots lost her the election because she's unable to actually take it responsibility for herself Mm -hmm. they've pushed this narrative and big media picked it up traditional media outlets like radio tv newspapers think about their financial models and the hit that they've taken in the age of the internet because of social media companies it's been pretty pretty rough classified ads don't bring in revenue uh, radio revenue is actually stabilized. Radio revenue dropped, but it's stable and now slightly growing. Uh, same TV advertising is way down because, go ahead. Massive advertising across the board, especially like that old media, and especially when any industry tries to play ball with um, like either the censors or like one type of demographic. Right. Like um, like NASCAR, they're losing lows this year. Yep. Losing all kinds of different ads. Um, I, yeah, granted, that you know NASCAR has have had his issues. I have my issues, and why I don't watch NASCAR a whole bunch. But you know, the idea that they're cleaning themselves up. But and then you've got something like Amazon and Twitch that are bringing down the money because they are allowing Budweiser to control Thursday night on Twitch. Mm-hmm. They're like, screw it, no, no, twenty one upstream. Heck yeah, right. Bud Light, bring the ads on. Right, because that's where they're get they're you know. And they're take and so all these other places that so Bud Light def- rather put money there than they are like oh no, no can't get on TV Hyper- it's hard or and but who's really watching CNN? Hyper targeting works better than broad, yeah, advertising. Yeah, because then because you can go after like okay the people watching Bud Light they're probably drinking in Bud Light watching you know watching like these esports stuff like that and then it's like pff, these pretentious people that are just claim they're watching CNN they're drinking Bud Light they're probably drinking a wine and the, all thirty of them. So let me continue proposing my scenario. Sorry. So the old media loses the the revenue of, of advertising to Facebook because if you're, let's say you're a car dealer here in town or, yeah, car dealer, okay? And for from the 50s through the 2000s, you put money into the local newspaper 
and you bought advertising at the local newspaper or the local radio station or the local TV station. And it worked fine, but then the internet came along and you started doing sales funnels on Facebook and selling your 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 branding on Facebook, hyper-targeting it. You find it's a, a better rate of return, so you start pulling sections of advertising. Even if you pull 25% out of those other media outlets and put it into digital, mm-hmm. that's still a big hit for those local media outlets who are owned by big conglomerates, who are owned by shareholders, who want a return on their investment. Mm-hmm who have scared little members scared little mice in their boardrooms who need to return money in, so they can keep their 15 million dollar a year salary. And so when an opportunity comes along, a business opportunity comes along like Russian trolls and fake news, you you may not directly direct your uh, media department, your news department to start reporting on that stuff. But you might. Yeah, you might. There's, there's. I'm not saying that within editorial newsrooms there's this thinking of let's save the bottom line by destroying an unregulated competitor, but it's certainly there in the boardrooms, I guarantee it. And mm-hmm. they, uh, the it, it, within the newsrooms, there is groupthink like you wouldn't believe, and there's also that anger that they're no longer the thought leaders. That how, how is my voice equal to Alex Jones's? You think that the editor of the New York Times doesn't sit there and think, why do more people read Alex Jones than me? This is wrong. You think that they don't have a little chip on their shoulder to take Alex Jones out? Mm-hmm. And like Alex Jones is 50% self-promotion, 25% bat-ass crazy, and 25% mm, I should probably look into this and do my own homework. And 100% alpha male. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> uh, and I, I am all... like. Alex Jones does not have a hateful show. Alex Jones proposes alternative news and theories and you can listen to it and you go, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to leave 95% of the society, but I'm going to do some research on this other 5%." Mm-hmm. But he's not some, he's not a white supremacist. He's not a a crazy anti-semite. Harry and I listen to him regularly enough yep. to say that confidently. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, and it's just so easy to smear these people as alt-right, hateful, right, white ring, white, uh, white uh, supremacy, conspiracy theorists, blah blah blah, you know. And as a way to censor them and to carve out a way to start limiting voices, so you don't have to compete with them. Mm-hmm. And then the social media companies go, "Oh shit, our competitors for the advertising dollar are starting to get their." political friends involved and are going to use the force of government to start limiting our innovation and our bottom line, we better talk to them. What do you want? Well, uh, you know, it'd be really helpful if uh, to combat fake news, you gave priority to the, uh, you gave priority to the New York Times and to the Washington Post, and you allowed us to be fact checkers, mm-hmm. and you put us on your AMP system, Google. Uh, Google's coming out with a brand new system to uh, produce news and help local creators of content. It'd be also helpful if uh, people who have hate speech or possibly alt right doesn't get on um, YouTube trending too. That'd be great too. Right. And if there's any like fake news type of universities, I don't know, Agar. You know, type of universities. Prager University, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
uh, YouTube wants to have conspiracy documentaries on their platform because those are so well watched. Time mm -hmm. spent li time spent watching is huge on those conspiracy channels. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's some really cool ones. So if, if, if you'd like to look into, uh, if you're looking for a good time, I say crack open a. Uh, a gigantic bag and a box of wine for the um, uh, big head scientist stuff. Right. If you really want to get woke. <laughs> so they they all see an opportunity to start going after their competitor in the news depart in the news business and the ad business, and to limit other voices to return to a time when they were supreme in thought control and in controlling of your dollar, and they're going to start using the force of government to regulate their competitor. And the days of bending over backwards to please politicians and their big media partners should be over for people like Twitter, Facebook. And that because the, the assassination, the long knives are out for these companies and it's game over. And you know what the, the consequence is going to be is they're going to make it harder to advertise they're mm -hmm. going to make it harder to publish. They've already made it harder to be seen on the platform. Uh, they are going to just continue to sanitize the platform to the point that you're only going to see your boomer aunt's photos of her stitching. Like They already did this experiment, which we talked to you about earlier this year, where they tried to put pages into a separate tab. Well, that failed because people realized that their family and friends aren't as interesting as professional content creators. Right. <laughs> you would rather see my opinion on politics, a person who works at trying to have an opinion that is original mm -hmm. and has 15 years of experience in crafting it, you'd rather see my opinion on the We Are Libertarians page than you would your aunts, who spent yep. no time thinking about it. Yep. So... They, that experiment failed, but they're going to do it anyways. You're going to have a complete sanitiz sanitization of the product that is going to lead to people fleeing the, the platforms. You're already seeing Facebook for the first time, according to this Edison research, dropped in usage mm -hmm. for the first time in its existence in, in la the last year. And so less eyeballs on the platform means less engagement, means less advertising dollars, means... Less resources means the company's out of business in 10 years. So I didn't think that there would ever be a time. I mean, I used to sit there and think, how can a company as big and as powerful as Facebook really have the ability to go out of business? And I think we're there. And I think that the left, with their effort to censor out conservative ideas, managed to kill the golden goose of free speech. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're actively censoring conservatives libertarians right-leaning thought but not liberal thought right and the other thing is with it is that conservative thought libertarians they're almost since they're getting attacked first they're seeing the writing on the wall right they're already creating systems like um because uh, uh like ian freeman free talk live never stop lrn.fm keeps it growing keeps it out there because yeah you can get your podcast your video out there on any other stream on the other platforms but you know eventually they'll take them back down and you need a way to find liberty podcast hey i'm gonna keep this stream out here just drinking on rss feed which is a protocol on that no one needs platform right um there's all kinds of, uh, so uh, there's other ones out there that um, I'm sure a lot of you guys subscribe to um, that, that they just saw the writing on the wall and like, you know what, I'm out. 
you know, I'm going to still do stuff on these, like, just like Wheeler Tears, we're still going to do stuff on the, uh, on, on these free platforms, but it's like, you know what, you know, eventually we're going to get blocked off here, you know, yeah. like, we're now, we haven't been hit for the, some of the, uh, like, some of the libertarian and conservative talk on YouTube that we're still allowed, able to stream, we've got no strikes on our channel and stuff like that, but they did take out the, what, the monetization that was on this channel. Yeah, and I just turned monetization off for everything, because... I don't want them running ads. If they're not going to share the revenue of the advertising that is on our Facebook page, I don't want you running ads on my... And they still do. Yeah. Uh, which sucks, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know, just like... Uh, and uh, just like, you know, we live... You know, we, and that's why we've got, you know, we got the the Twitch live stream just in case, you know, backup places like that. And even that, we've got the... You know, the hidden emergency VPS backup that, you know, in a moment's notice, we'll hit a switch that there. And guess what? Hey, it's our server. You know, we'll just use the email list to direct people to this server. Like, hey, you want to watch a live stream video? Yeah, it's our own server. How right. about that? How about the members? You know, but because we and we're got there's one lucky thing that since we are being targeted first, we are seeing the writing on the wall. So when they, they finally do get chipped away and they put their foot, you know, they since they are shooting themselves and they're actively in their foot, you know. They're participating in shedding fifty percent of the country. Yeah, which yeah, we, yeah, we, which yeah, and they you know, and because everyone is tired. Like I remember, like um, I've watched, I, I binge watched Jessica Jessica Jones and a lot of different these like Marvel shows, and they freaking make fun and laugh a flyover country. I'm like, listen, you know, New York City is a small little city. Yeah, I get it that most Marvel stuff happens there, but like, come on, come on, stop making fun of flyover country. So this is the majority of the you know, this is the major us together beats you right. So, I mean, the the writing on the wall was when Zuckerberg met with conservatives a few years ago when it found when they found out that they're that they were putting on that sidebar in the news section mm-hmm. that they were not putting conservative news in there. Yep, they were actively and they've just instead of like keeping the promise to not do that anymore, they've yeah. doubled down on it. And these companies, in my estimation, they're. According to the national, the non-aggression principle, you can't defraud people and lie to people. Mm-hmm. And you're getting to a point where these companies are saying they're treating everyone equally when they're not. Yeah, when it's a lie. And it's easy to track when they're not doing that. And there's a site called the Western Journal, which I- I'm not I'm not crazy about their reputation. So take this for what it's worth. Um, confirmed. Facebook's re- recent algorithm change is crushing conservative sites, boosting liberals. Uh, and and you see this on like Google. When you Google the Daily Wire, you see Snopes fact-checking mm-hmm. applied to the Daily Wire, which is run by Ben Shapiro, who was a never-Trumper. And the Daily Wire content is not Alex Jones. Super mild. And to treat them like Alex Jones is ridiculous because they're weekly standard National Review conservatives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not fringe people um by no means yeah by no means there's like it's almost a barometer of like the right just to look at like okay where is the you know the uh, those not so far right but right people are at where are they at right so you you've got this uh report from the western journal that we'll look through together here uh facebook's much publicized demotion of publishers content and users feeds has negatively impacted conservative leaning publishers significantly more than liberal-leaning outlets. Liberal publishers have gained about 2% more web traffic from Facebook than they were getting prior to the algorithm changes implemented in early February. On other hand, conservative publishers have lost an average of nearly 14% of their traffic from Facebook. 
14% loss for conservative sites, 2% gain for liberal sites. This algorithm change, intentional or not, has in effect censored conservative viewpoints on the largest social media platform in the world. This change has ramifications that in the short term are causing conservative publishers to downsize or fold up completely, and in the long term could swing elections in the U.S. and around the world. So because we are libertarians, so, so the, what you have is they, they sell, the, their business model is based on web traffic and mm -hmm. basically impressions and clicks on banner ads. Uh, and also, the less people going to your website, the less that they see your subscription model or other content. And so when you when you don't have people consuming your content because they don't see it, your your business dries up. Uh, I have I, my business model is essentially built on building community because I believe that the way to survive in the next era of media is to network people together of a like mind, say to them, we're all in this together because we are, and then say, if you support the people organizing us together, you like the information that you get, you like the products that we give you, support us by donating monthly through the subscription service, buy our products, buy stuff in our store, and not so much of an ad revenue model, but more of a community-based model. And that's where, where I think media is going Mm -hmm. I think you see that in like Budweiser going to Twitch. Right. They're saying, I'm going to a specific niche and I'm going to spend my money on this specific niche because I'm going to get a better return mm -hmm. because these people are passionate about the, this brand. Right. You know, and the tides of the world mm -hmm. don't inspire you to get involved in their brand mm -hmm. as much as a We Are Libertarians does. Because we are people, we're vulnerable, we're a real tangible thing as opposed mm -hmm. to like a, a utilitarian tool like a, a detergent and you're right and the good thing is that this is what spangle does for like for a living this is what like he nerds out about is all this whole keeping his pulse on all this stuff is going on like the idea of a the like a legal liberty podcasters the idea of grouping up with other podcasters like if you like our podcast you would like this group yeah. You would like some of these people here. The idea of starting that group now while you can still connect and grow with other people, do a bit of fine people, that network, that grunt works here now. So when something does happen, it's like, okay, now the league just grows. So this is interesting. I just went to tweet this out, and I, I had kind of heard rumblings that this was happening. Uh, so I use Buffer to tweet things out. And uh, I was trying to push out this study to the We Are Libertarians Twitter, the Wall Politics uh -oh. Twitter, and the... Chris Spangle Twitter. Due to recent changes, this is what Buffer is saying to me, which is like Hootsuite. <coughs> it's a third-party app that publishes to multi-platforms. Love Buffer. Uh, they say, <coughs> excuse me, due to recent changes with Twitter, you're only po able to post to one Twitter profile at a time, so you are only posting to We Are Libertarians. Uh... <laughs> in February 2018, Twitter announced new guidelines to prevent people from misusing multiple accounts to artificially amplify a message. One of the key takeaways from the announcement was do not, and do not allow your users to, simultaneously post identical or substantially similar content to multiple accounts. For example, your service should not permit a user to select several accounts they control from which to publish a tweet. Buffer says... This means third-party services like Buffer are no longer permitted to enable users to share the same post to multiple Twitter accounts one, at, at one time. They also shared a deadline on March 23rd to bring third-party apps into compliance with these rules. 
From March 2013, March 23rd, 2018, you will only be able to schedule content to one Twitter account at a time. You will still be able to schedule multiple content to Twitter accounts with one Buffer account, just not the same message to multiple Twitter accounts simultaneously. <clears throat> so obviously a way to stop the bots from spamming the platform. But the audience of We Are Libertarians and my audience on my personal Twitter, I'm not a bot. I'm not spamming the platform. It's two completely different audiences. This is How does it stop a bot? How? Because I can easily write a program to fit to go right. past that. That's that's super easy. I can make I can push a thing to buffer. I can set up a Trello page to accept to copy all tweets that are coming from a different Twitter page and then push it from a do it from a, to a different buffer account. Right. That's easy. I was like, what about IP address? That's super easy too. I can have multiple IP. I can, you know, my VPS has multiple, um, you know, IP addresses. That's super easy. Yeah. So they basically just killed Buffer and Hootsuite and all these, uh, and, and these people who run multiple corporate accounts. Like mm-hmm. this is this is bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's gonna suck. This is. Do you realize how much harder this makes my job? I'm being punished because of bad actors. Bad actors. Who have who have no impact on the platform in the first place? None, none, none whatsoever. Like, find the person who like you. You have to be sophisticated enough if you're Twitter to go. Okay, this one tweet was posted twenty three times at the same moment. Mm-hmm. How do? <laughs> might, yeah. So now you might as well go out to. You might as well go to work tomorrow and decide to buy like just five like have a laptop per account and just have it behind your desk. Yeah. And just turn around. This is my blank account. This is my other account. What do you just so I can make the tweet here and then take it, just turn my desk around and hit it five different times. All right. So they do nothing but tweet. These these five laptops sit here and just tweet. That's all they do. All right. So looks like you've posted that one recently. Let's see if I can post it here. Probably not. Probably not. We're doing this live. We're doing, we're doing this live. it live. Doing it live. We're doing it live. Yep. Can't add it there. Oh, oh. Buffer's not allowing me to share it at all. Wow. This is really something. So anyways, back to the Western Journal. Which sucks because like, yeah, Buffer was gonna uh was my you know, my thing that that I have that, you know, if I ever go off the grid so I can keep pop you know, posted yep. for several days. So New York Times versus the New York Daily News, case in point, two rival publishers in New York City, the the post and the daily news are similar in many ways except for their editorial slants. The Post is well known as a right-leaning outlet, whereas the Daily News has an established left-leaning slant. For example, the Daily News recently ran a headline after the Parkland shooting that read, Brave Florida survivors plan day of action for gun sanity and to call out blood on hands of NRA puppets. Headlines like that garnered the Daily News a 24.18% increase in traffic from Facebook, while the right-leaning post traffic dropped 11% in the same time period. Uh, so let's see how they got this data. To conduct this evaluation, the Western Journal selected 50 publishers known to receive a significant amount of online traffic from Facebook. These publishers included traditional print or television outlets. Uh, the Western Journal then assigned to each publisher a number between 0 and 100 based on a, a media bias fact-check news site. A third-party website that analyzes publishers for political bias and uh, places them on a continuum. The Western Journal checked the monthly Facebook traffic for each of these sources using data from global digital marketing intelligence company SimilarWeb 
and compared January traffic from February 4th through March 3rd, adjusted slightly for a shorter time period. So, conservative publishers have been negatively impacted. The 25 on the liberal scale averaged a 1.8% increase in boosted traffic from Facebook, whereas the 25 on the conservative side had a 13.17% decrease on the other side. So, it's just censorship, plain and simple. Yep. It, it, it is disappointing, uh, but not surprising, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's going to cause like these platforms to find a slip, and that's the one thing that was going to cause a slip, because the one thing that Facebook did over MySpace is, one, easy, easy use, and the simple fact that, you know, it didn't feed you too much crap. Right. Yeah, MySpace was starting. Was starting. It was feeding you all of these ad crap and all this other crap that no one wanted, and the people jumped over to Facebook. Right. And also Facebook had its exclusivity. But now that it's so easy for people to create their own little, like, zones and pods for everything else, and BBSs are easy to create for people, or people jump into their own little Discord servers, or they're just going to stay inside their Facebook groups, you know, until long enough that they, you know, finally just leave the platform or well, some other platform. get Will a platform get created to ever, like, outside Facebook? Possibly. I don't know. We'll see, see what 10 years makes. Right. You know what you're doing? You're further siloing people, which has been yeah. the entire problem. And this is always what happens with censorship. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you start to When you start to have people go, oh, you're biased against me? I'll create my own thing, mm-hmm. and I'll just silo myself off with my own people. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get radicalization, yep. because then people stop talking to each other. And it's not like the Facebook conversations that we were having were good anyways. No. You know, I'd rather you just remove all politics from the platform altogether. Like, it, don't censor one side versus the other. Just remove all politics. Yeah. Like, if it's political, it doesn't belong here. Yeah. And then let things like a, a buddy of mine started a company called Roust, and it was a political social network. It didn't take off because everybody was on Facebook. Well... It was about two years too early because now everybody would use Roust, you mm-hmm. know. So it just is really ugh, gross. Yep, I'm sure that uh, when LinkedIn saw this all happen, they probably were like, "Woohoo!" Right? <laughs> because you know people are probably going to go to other platforms, but like they're you know, but LinkedIn is probably going to get more. Hey, this is a professional social network platform, actual network with fam- family and people you need your mentor mentor community, and then you can go and you know shit post in other platforms. Right. You know the and that's the other thing is because Facebook was also unique because on BBS boards that was you were on your silo like you know when you go to a BBS board like hey this BBS is just for we're just going to talk about Hunter the Reckoning. You know, or we're talking about Vampire the Masquerade of this game, or hey, we're just talking about rotaries. We're just talking about Raspberry Pis in this board. No apologies. We're just talking about this. Right. Facebook was very different and unique because it was just what anyone was talking about. Right. You know, when it comes to now, there were some Usenets, some IRC chats, and stuff like that. But like this idea of, you know, but the the the, the thought that it's going to get backed up and moved into something else. Pentagon is actually kind of giddy. Actually, <laughs> like the idea. <laughs> Because well, it goes back to the internet, my internet, get rid of some of these people that don't, you know, that I feel they don't belong on the internet. Yeah. Some of y'all don't, there's so many people that don't have the mental fortitude to be on the net, and I'm freaking tired of it. Yeah, I, I just... Glad they're gone. I, I'm, Glad I'm of the same mindset. I just want to be around my people. And that's why I really enjoy the Facebook groups, you know, and the, except for one person in there lately who is a leftist who's trolling our group. Um, but are they really trolling? Come on! I, I'm looking Come on. at it, going, okay. Uh, do I want to put 
my community in the hands of anyone? Do I want to start a forum on WeirdLibertarians.com and invite people there into my house and we build our own mod? But, you know, the the problem with that is it's really hard to get people to leave something they're addicted to, which is Facebook. Yeah. And so from a from a media perspective, from a business perspective, from a, a right-leaning media outlet perspective, I'm having a tough time figuring out how to position my business moving forward to continue organic growth. Like, iTunes is where most people find us. They search Libertarian in iTunes, and that's how most people find us. Mm -hmm. But to continue this awesome community that we have, I've got to continue. Like, it's not like I can stop posting on Facebook, because I still get a lot of traffic from it. Yeah. Uh, We we have a big presence of 87,000 people on our Facebook page. We invested a ton of our time and resources to get people to... Like the Facebook page, join Facebook groups, and it's like, now it's all, yeah. N- why did I spend my time and my energy promoting somebody else's stuff? Yep. You know, I and, and because they don't, they clearly don't give a shit about my beliefs. They don't want my business, so why am I continuing to give them my business? But I'm also stuck in that if I create my own thing, the, the, those of you listening may not get engaged with it. You'll join, you'll get an account, but then you won't be active there and then everybody goes, "Eh, nothing going on here." Yeah. You know, unless you get a group of people who are committed to making it. Like Discord has really taken off. We've got 150 people in there. They've made it their own. Mm-hmm. We've got all these different Facebook groups. Which uh, is a Discord for Facebook. Which is Discord Discord for boomers, yeah. as Harry put it. Which um, I actually thought about, like, um, some of us in the mods and stuff like that, in the Discord, uh, we, I've tossed around the idea of blocking off um, some of the Discord until you got to a high enough level or you ask for it. So you only right. see the starter safe zone. It's right. all you see. And Duck Hunt, that's it. That's all you see. You see Duck Hunt and the I starter I need to talk to you about Duck Hunt, okay? Because there is... Uh You've been ignoring me, and I'm unhappy about it. I'm glad you brought this up, because we need to have a conversation. A public apology is owed to not only myself, but uh, Rick and Christy and uh, Brantley. So, this Chromebook's broken now. <laughs> duck, duck Hunt is fun, okay? In, yes, in the Discord channel, there is a Duck Hunt where we play with each It's a, It's a, like a... It's a game, okay? Like the old Mud or Chet style game. The old like BBS game and stuff like yes. that in the chat rooms. But we've lost the ability to see who is on top. <laughs> the leaderboard feature has somehow either been disabled or is broken. And so nobody wants to play it because nobody can see who's winning or losing. I need to know if you've done this. Um, first off, I did not do this. Okay, I believe I you. I do know that the Duck Hunt has gone through a massive update last week. Yes, that's, we know. And that's the other reason why I was like, I was updating to all these updates. Well, time to ignore this channel until the updates get finished and hopefully the bugs will block out. I have personally messaged you to which you have not replied, which <laughs> is not how you treat dear leader. Oh, did you message me? I did, and oh, I'm wagging man. my finger at you. I don't you. even see that on here. You're getting a wagging of the finger. Oh, yes, I am. Okay. That's the, that's the finger. First, I need an apology for ignoring me. Um, I like to deeply and and apologize that... Um, no, no, no. Apologize. I, I did. I said I apologize that uh, uh, about the duck hunt and ignoring you. It's not even the... All you had to say was they upgraded. It's broken. Here's what it is. There are some cool new features. I can't do anything for you. 
But don't ignore me. I didn't. Ig- you're, I didn't listen. I didn't see your email. I, I die. This it. all of this is yours. I need to know that I can trust you. <laughs> and so when I ask you a question, I need a response. You're oh. number two around here. Oh, I am sorry. <laughs> this and is not I how apologize. De- this is not how deputy leader should act. That I did. I I somehow may have uh, missed your communication <laughs> on the eighteenth. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just somehow it must have slipped through the cracks of all the other. Christy Avery, Christy Avery has asked you about it. She is a one hundred dollar a month subscriber and, to this outfit. Um, she demands answers. We do not ignore Christy Avery. I did get somebody that does that did plan that didn't want to be uh, wanted to take your admin rights and run as ducks are. Mm-hmm. We have a new member inside the the uh, Discord. They said they would gladly become the new ducks are, and t- have admin rights and go into the the chat program and do all the code stuff that they don't want to do for me. Well, they can share that with me. <laughs> yeah, that's what czars do usually. Czars usually don't. No, share. no, no. no. Uh, I am the czar. Here's the thing that everybody in Discord needs to understand. I am in charge. This is we are libertarians. This is my universe. I am dear leader. Look at me. Look at me. I'm dear leader now. I I really think that, uh, according to the Discord, Christy's over you, actually. I'm, uh, no. That's because she's horny. Uh, She's going to kill me. (laughs) In about two minutes when the uh, YouTube chat. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's a lot of things are getting fixed in the duck hunt. Um, It should be all, all the bugs and everything. The guy promises it should be done by this Saturday. Okay. It should be fixed. If it is still busted. I do know that I did tested it out and did a new install on a different Discord server, and it does work, but for some reason ours don't, so I emailed him about that, okay. but like since we don't pay him, he'll move as fast as he wants exactly move. right. Yeah. All we needed to know was that our beloved game may one day be the same it as it was. It will be this made a whole again one day. And so I, everybody loves that I'm the admin of the dis, of Duck Hunt because I can do spawn they? ducks. They do. Do they? They I, do. I actually have gotten a lot of um, what you would some would call complaints, but well, no one complains in the kingdom. That's because Rick Irvine takes it way too seriously. Um, I, yeah, I do get some complaints that uh, <laughs> you spawn ducks for yourself. No, only occasionally. But if you look at the leaderboard, I guarantee I'm like sixth. B- but what I would try to remind them that the it is your kingdom and it's your ducks that they are that they have the permission to shoot. Of course. When I'm spawning ducks, I'm mm-hmm. spawning like eight in a row. Uh-huh. I don't have the ability to type bang. Like that's what you till you get interns, right? Honestly, like <laughs> Rick and Brantley are so quick at it that mm-hmm. like, I can't even get kill my own ducks. Is that what's going to happen when you get inter- interns this year? You're just going to make them duck do hunt. duck hunt for you. Log in under this. <laughs> if I really cared about winning, I would just give myself all the points. Like, I would just make myself on top. It is a lot of fun to do that, by the way. I just want you to know that. It is a lot of fun to be number one. It is. I, I Michael Schulteis, I gave him, I made him number one one day, and uh-huh. then he logged in. He's like, holy, what happened? I'm number one. That's <laughs> funny. So it's a lot of fun, and it's a fun way to, like, just game and, and, and you know. And there's other games that I can get, like, if someone, if, if you guys are also out, out there and you know of other Discord fun game bots like that, just tell me, like, that the Duck Hunt one was a recommendation. Someone recommended, like, hey, man, we got this Duck Hunt in this other Discord. You know, I tried it. I was like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, you know, I didn't know if anyone would want it. And I only put it in because things were messing up. Mr. Mises was messing up on the rank thing. And 
I added it, and apparently it it's made a huge hit. So. All right, so final final article because we got to wrap up. We didn't we didn't get to half of what we wanted to, but that's why we have multiple shows. Yeah. Uh, commentary: What if Trump is right and there's no collusion? This was in CBS News uh, on on their commentary page on Sunday morning. President Trump wondered in a tweet, "What does Mueller team have? Thirteen hardened Democrats, some big crooked Hillary supporters, and zero Republicans." Another Dem recently added, "Why does anyone think this is fair and yet there is no collusion?" What if Donald Trump is right? What if there's really no collusion? In one sense, the question is irrelevant. Paul Manafort's getting 305 years in jail. General Mike Flynn has been found out. Papadopoli have been in- indicted. Mueller could essentially issue stacks of indictments whether Trump's campaign colluded with Russia or not. But for more than a year now, Democrats in Congress like Adam Schiff and liberal media outlets have promised Americans proof that Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 election using hackers and propaganda. As one far-left activist put it, back in October, Ezra Klein at Vox.com said, it's almost impossible to believe that there wasn't collusion between Trump's operation and Russia. Even now, two out of three Democrats still believe Russia actually tampered with the polls to steal the election from Hillary Clinton. With Trump declared guilty by the Democrats and all but convicted in the press, What happens if Mueller confirms the findings of the Republican-controlled House Intelligence Committee that there's plenty of Trump campaign incompetence, but no no collusion? For people who hate or love Trump, it won't matter. They've already made up their minds. But for the majority of casually politically Americans who already think Washington politicians are worse than lawyers and used car salesmen when it comes to very low ethical standards, that is an attack on Nick Sarwark, who is both a lawyer and a used car salesman. And when it comes to very low ethical standards, what will conclude if they're told that the whole point of the investigation from the beginning was based on a baseless charge? Many are likely to think that if there was no collusion, then the entire story really was the witch hunt President Trump keeps telling them it is. He will have turned out to be right, no matter how many other things he did wrong. I believe that is the reason Trump stepped out on his good own good news about the McCabe firing. Why he didn't do what many, myself included, considered the smart move. Let the McCabe firing speak for itself. Then he, he had a wild weekend. Um, won't read his tweets. You can go look at it. Trump sent out this just as the Russia story hit a profound and pro-Trump moment. Andrew McCabe, whose wife really did get 675000 in combined donations from a PAC controlled by Clinton ally Terry McAuliffe and from the Virginia Democratic Party, which was also associated with McAuliffe, probably should have recused himself from any Clinton-related investigations. But he was fired, not by Donald Trump, but at the recommendation of the FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility. The head of that office is Candace Will, who was given the job in 2004 by then-FBI Director Robert Mueller. The OPR reported that, reported acted on, reportedly acted on allegations that McCabe showed a lack of candor. Is there a nicer way to say liar than that? Uncovered by the Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who was appointed by Barack Obama. For everyone other than fringe conspiracy theorists, how dare you, the evidence of McCabe's bad behavior is indisputable. Even Representative Schiff, the tip of the Democrats' partisan spear on Russia, concluded Sunday that McCabe's firing may have been justified. That should have been the headline. Instead, Trump tweeted and took it away. As national security reporter Eli Lake put it at Bloomberg, McCabe's firing wasn't political until Trump made it political. Once again, I tend to agree with Lake and others who think Trump's missing the mark by making the story anything other than the Democrat inside the FBI 
Fired for fouling up, Trump-related investigation focus now turns to other partisan actors in the FBI. There's a direct line from McKay to Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Bruce Orr, all of whom are anti-Trump partisans and engaged in behavior that raises legitimate questions about their trustworthiness. And that extends to the trustworthiness of the Obama FBI that sought a questionable warrant to spy on Trump based largely on information from Hillary Clinton's campaign. Trump appears to be acting on assumption that collusion is his silver bullet. Keep everyone focused on that question so that when the verdict come back, comes back innocent of collusion, Trump t- can declare himself not guilty of any other charge by default. After all, if the con- collusion allegation was bogus, isn't the entire investigation? That's Trump's case. And it's likely to make sense to the vast majority of Americans who have promised a, been promised a collusion story that Trump's enemies can't deliver. Yep. Perfectly summed all of it up. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's setting it up so the investigation will go through most of his presidency. Yep. To help out, you know, like to mostly tie it like a albatross around the Democrats' neck for yep. each election. Yep. Oh, oh, they talk about the Benghazi witch hunt where soldiers die, but they right. keep going off of this witch hunt right here. Yep. You know, it's going to throw it right in their face. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you get emails, emails, emails. Yep. Con- con- conclusion, you know, conclusion, conclusion, conclusion. Which you're, you know, like, right. oh, look, you know. So, you know, Grant is saying, like, just because one side did it, the other is like, no, you're prop- it's a great move to just cancel it out there. Like, well, what about our emails? Well, what about the New Russian conclusion? So much whataboutism. Yeah. But, yeah. But, the, you know, but the thing is that when you come to Democrats, it's like, well, why don't you match your own party when you found out that, you know, Hillary should have been the, um, you know, the candidate. She lost the primary. She lost it. She right. didn't almost lose. She did lose it. She lost it. She lost it. She shouldn't have been. She shouldn't have been. And there's all these other uh, and she You know, you know, and there's also these very vague breaking of um, rules for debates. This 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 seems like this should be your you. This is where you should be focusing on. Not the guy who are you want. You could, you know, go ahead, get someone, work on someone, and beat them, and beat them in the next election. Why are you focusing so hard right here then? Right. You know, you're just ignoring it. Now, can you look, look at two things at the same time? Sure, but I just don't feel that you're looking at the other. All right, so we need to start wrapping up. Um, go ahead. You, you, you start. Uh, with this whole Russia thing. Russia, 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 Russia! But, uh... It, it, it keeps popping up into all the feeds, and I think when this her whole nerve agent attack thing finally gets all wrapped up, we find out what the real heck is going on. All I know, it's a very scary world out there. With if this, if Russia really did this nerve agent attack, and with the, um, you know, the CIA being shake up and bringing up someone who's like you know culpable and torture so that's old school people being brought up and these old boomers are still alive it's like the it's the 80s again right now and i'm thinking about bringing out the um get my ferrari and my white suit back up (laughs) and (laughs) right you know and getting everything ready get ahead of the curve um other than that um i'll get a shout out to like uh yeah i'll probably go into more russia stuff tomorrow with loki wall i've got some other stories that escalaja um gave us out there so we'll probably talk about a lot of those friday hey i'm healthy again so liberty chill at triton again i'll be back out there um, i will probably uh you know 
I'll be there. Uh, we'll probably IRL stream if I can get some tea time. Also, when it comes to getting out there, going the other candidates, uh, I want you to say that Paul Copeland has taken that process out of my hands, and he's became the new. He's process owning it, and he's owning the new process. He did a lot of good work two weeks ago before I got whole sick, and he's done a lot of work, and he's done some really good work on it. He he has, and uh, I've emailed everybody that's emailed me about uh, heart starting a liberty chill in liberty and chill in their area. And we'll be back with you soon. And, uh, yeah, excited to get that off the ground. We've got a lot of cool things going on, and we want you to be a part of it. We not only build this because we love doing it. Like, the reason we do this podcast is that we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And we enjoy talking with each other and hanging out and, like, having it's the glue of our friendship group. Yep. The second reason we love doing it is because we get to talk to listeners and mm-hmm. we get to become friends with you guys. Mm-hmm. And it has enriched both of our lives because we've been able to befriend so many of you listeners. So don't be shy. Join the Facebook groups. Don't join the Discord channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's pal around a little bit. Yeah. If you guys see me in the like in a chat room and we're talking away, do not be shy. Jump in the voice chat. Come talk to us. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't want to say anything, you want to inject a few words. We had a several different people. I'm not going to say their names here on the uh, the podcast. I don't know if they're, you know. Paul up, Copeland. Up enough. Not Paul. Christy Avery. Not Christy. Uh, Christy has not jumped in voice chat, uh, you know, but, you know, in one of these days I'm going to, uh, if, uh, uh, I got this really cool project for Christy, but I've got to get it out there to, I, I got to get the, my camera set up so I can actually show her how to build what I'm t- tell, trying to tell her to build so she can have better Wi-Fi while she's at work. Right. Because she has crap Wi-Fi out there. I want to be able to stream, she needs to be able to stream HD out there um the but uh yeah but if you guys see me out there even if you didn't inject one word or you just want to sit there and listen to us as like because i'm not gonna lie niece reinhold and i we can be on we're on there at 3 a.m eastern standard time and we can just we'll just go on a subject from time for like four hours it's like oh crap the sun's coming up oh, you know niece. or we'll just hit some topic like i said like there's one night that you know niece and i talked about you know nebraska and nebraska politics for like uh, five hours even after he ranted on here he <laughs> went another five hours okay so you know it's i guess that we you know it's the discord's really cool because like it, it's also a good place because if you are having a conversation with someone in the discord and you don't like typing it out typing out this conversation tell them to jump in voice chat you can talk you can even you you can even use the phone if you're on the phone app you can use the microphone on the phone and the speakers on there and that's what stone does stone jumps in all the time right of course like you know it's like a, i sometimes think his friends are being boring so he wants to go talk with us instead oh we know where you're where your real friends stone <laughs> <laughs> we're your real friends uh, but yeah, the other thing with liberty and chills and stuff like that is also like to when other listeners who don't know each other meet each other, find you know they have that thing in common with the show and they end up becoming friends. That's also really cool. That stuff that happens at Liberty and Chill. Yeah, we all know you're lonely. You Come know? on, we're lonely yeah. too. Let's be pals. I love it when I like end up getting up, going to the bathroom, and I coming back, and the other table has taken the conversation somewhere else while I, while I have been gone. And it's like, wow, you guys don't really need me here. You know, <laughs> but it's awesome. I love it. You know, you know, it, that, that, it's also that whole community aspect. I also know that you're not alone, too, out there in the world screaming right. into a microphone. Uh, I have launched a war on boomers, as you all know, and uh, we had a large skirmish last night. Uh, we were going to do this as a topic, but it's too big and too complicated. So, as you know, we have a great podcast called The Boss Hog of Liberty. And it is run by Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis and Cade Coger. They they were on last week, uh, and 
This there is a statue, a doughboy statue, a World War One soldier statue. It's like in the park, and it's kind of offset in the woods. It's been vandalized. The lights don't work. And so two nonprofits raised money to relocate this statue and build a veterans museum. Well, the boomers in town have lost their mind, and they are going crazy about it. And they are screeching. They had signs professionally printed because this isn't what the veterans would have wanted. They would have want, They placed it there for a reason. And if we move it, it's disrespecting veterans. Okay, they're moving it in the same park, and they're adding, like, a full display. It's mm-hmm. not just, like, a statue in the woods now. It's going to get its, like, like, like concrete all around it and flags and, like, it's going to respect. Be, right. And they raised, there's a small amount of grant money, but most of it was privately raised. It's been this spearheaded project by this one person. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that they were tearing down the statue and destroying it the way that these people were carrying on last night. And so I posted a photo of them and basically said, this is real boomer behavior. Like, do you not have poor people in your town that you can feed and clothe? Do you not have victims of domestic violence that you can save? Are there not sex slaves that you can rescue from trafficking in your town? Math, heroin. Do the police in your department need things? Do they need money raised? Like, those are real issues. The moving of a statue is not an issue. And only baby boomers have enough time to sit there and fight City Hall over the movement of a statue 500 feet or whatever it is. Like, millennials are too busy trying to clean up the mess of baby boomers. Gen mm-hmm. Xers are too busy trying to not be forgotten to to give a shit about the moving of a statue. Like, it's one thing if you're disrespecting history by tearing down and destroying the statue, and that's not what they're doing. And you would have thought that I had said that we should genocide baby boomers. I did, but that was besides the point. Yes, besides the point. I backtracked a little bit. I walked that back after Tanner came in. Tanner Purdue went a little too hard in the paint on the post, and he, he, uh, like Tanner, he was like, you know, we need to destroy them. We need to, we need to kill every baby boomer. I said, no, 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 no. Burn it if we have to. Yeah. Let's just round these people up and deport them because they're not participating in their society. All I'm saying is put them in some sort of camp. Yes. Exactly right. Old camp. Mm-hmm. So if you if you want to read through the post, it's pretty funny, uh, and they really take me to task. And some of the boomer anger is very funny. I'll put it in the show notes. You can go and like that. And uh, we'll have full coverage of the Doughboy taking place and the boomer arguments and uh, my nuking of Newcastle mm-hmm. on the Boss Hog of Liberty. I will not be there, but they will be talking about it. So make sure you check that out Thursday night uh, after you've watched the live stream of We Are Libertarians. Still don't know why they've chosen to compete against us, Harry, but uh, it's Boss Hog. He does what he wants. He does what he wants. He, you know, he's got high hopes. So Probably save, probably save $10 a, a year on, on hosting by streaming on Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing know, Boss Hog, he probably found that out. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know why Jeremiah and Sarah went to New York City? Why? Because they, they heard there was a nickel on the ground. Oh, stop. <laughs> very good uh thank you all for joining us thank you brandon luke christy avery jason doolittle and craig DaCosta for being our 100 dollar a month subscribers you guys are awesome and uh again please support the show financially uh i'm going to to be more direct about asking that because now is the time that we need your support 
we we uh we're going to see the dwindling we've already seen the dwindling organic growth but uh we need to build systems that are going to support our community on our own platforms instead of driving people to other places so uh, and that takes resources that takes you know a hundred dollar software here or a five hundred dollar license here or uh an added hosting bill here so uh, every dollar that you send me, I end up spending on We Are Libertarians. Uh, I spend way too much on all this, but that's what happens when you're trying to build your dream. So thank you for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. Harry, thank you for being here. Nice to see you again. I missed you. Missed you too. It's right. been too long. All right. Well, now get out. All right. Thanks. We'll see you. We'll see you all. Uh, I am interviewing the, apparently there's a new social network out there called Minds.com and uh, Minds as in your brain. And uh, I know my Hoosier accent says M-I-N-Z dot com, but it's M-I-N-Z. So you, you finally make it a Minds account? Uh, so I'm going to go check that out. I'm interviewing the uh, founder of that tomorrow, and that will be Thursday's show. And we're just going to talk a lot about what we talked about tonight, and I'm going to talk to somebody who's trying to solve that problem. So... All right, thanks for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. We love you, and we will see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.